Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. I'm so glad to have you along with me today. You know, as pastors, Christian leaders, we often talk about the question, how do you make the church work better? How do you help the church come alive? How do you help the church be more effective? Lots of times the discussions have to do with our structure. Should we have more vibrant small groups? Should we do something different on Sunday morning, different style of music, different style of teaching? Lots of times it has to do with, you know, the, uh, the impression of the church, the culture of the church, the, the feeling that you get when you walk in. Some say, well, you need coffee in the lobby. That'll make all the difference. That'll attract people. I'd like to suggest that as we're looking, as we've been looking at the prayers of Paul, today a prayer that he prays really answers the deepest need of what can revive the church, make us culturally relevant, and cause us to have an impact, an impact where we rise above, and rather than be overcome by evil, we overcome evil with good. And that can be found on every page in, the te- in every book of the New Testament, almost, almost except for one. I haven't checked this exactly, but I think almost every book of the New Testament talks about what I'm going to describe here. And interestingly, the one book that doesn't use this word is the book of Acts. The book of Acts where where we see the church in action, we see the church prevailing, we see the church being the church and having a mighty impact on the community, doesn't use this word, but it demonstrates it. The word I'm thinking of is the word love. Could it be that that's really just the crying need in our lives, in the church, in the Christian world today, is love? You know, Jesus said in uh, Matthew 22, when he was asked, what is the great commandment? He responded, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. This is the first and greatest commandment. But a second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two laws, everything's based. Later on, the last night he was with his disciples, he said, a new commandment I give to you, John 13, verse 34, 35, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another even as I have loved you. By this all men will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. In in. First Timothy, at the end of his, as he was passing on to Timothy instructions on how Timothy could be exercising his role in church leadership, chapter 1, verse 5, he says, For the goal of our instruction is love from pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. I hope as you come and gather as we gather together and get into the word of God and pray every day here on this live stream I hope you're growing in love I hope you're growing to love others more because this is the dying need this is the greatest need in our lives in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 Paul says if I you, you know how it starts verses 1 through 3 if I speak with the tongue of men and angels but do not have love I'm just like a clanging cymbal I'm just making noise. If I give, give all my possessions to feed the poor, give my body to be burned, but I have not love, it profits me nothing. If I know all mysteries, have all knowledge, I'm really smart, 
really wise, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. He goes on to describe love, and he ends the chapter, verse 13. Now, faith, hope, and love abide these three. But the greatest of these is love, greater than faith. As important as faith is, my goodness, without faith, you aren't saved. Without faith, you cannot please God. Without hope, why do you, why do you keep going? You've got to have hope for the future. And last week we saw the importance of the hope of our calling. Those three, faith, hope, and love, are really, 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 really important in the Christian life. They, so much hinges on it. And yet, the lo love is the greatest. And that's why in chapter 14, verse 1, he says, pursue love. Pursue love. Go after it. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8, Peter says to us, Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. Be fervent in your love. Above all. So many times this is given priority. In our, in, Peter makes it above all. Paul says, pursue it. It's the greatest. It's the goal of our instruction. Jesus said it's the great commandment, the new commandment. And then John chapter, 1 John chapter 4. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. He goes on to say, no one's seen God at any time. But if we abide in love, God dwells in us. So this is one of the things Paul prayed for. This is something Paul prayed for the Philippians. In chapter 1 of Philippians, verse 9, Paul prays and he says, he says, I pray that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve the things that are excellent. Or you might distinguish between what's really, really important in life and what isn't. And so this was one of Paul's prayers. Yesterday we talked about, I believe it was yesterday, we talked about the importance of being in the will of God. And here in Philippians 1.9, Paul prays, I, I pray that, he was talking about decision making, that you might be able to distinguish what's really important, what really matters. And as we think of how do I make decisions, often, you know, we think, what's in it for me? How can, how can I improve myself? How can I better myself? Maybe what's in it for my family? And Paul says that he hopes that when you make decisions, that you'd be making on the basis of love, that your love would abound still more and more in real knowledge, the knowledge that comes from the Word of God, the exact, the precise truth that comes from the will of God. We don't, we don't want to have a fake love. We don't, want to have a, we don't want to be basing our decisions on wrong knowledge, wrong values that come from you know, the worldly system when we should be basing it on the Word of God. So we want to get in the Word of God, and we want to make decisions based on the truth of God's Word. I pray your love may abound in real knowledge and all discernment. Discernment is the ability to, to know how, how to apply the Word. It comes through experience. In Hebrews 5, it says that our senses are trained to discern good and evil 
through our obedience, through our experience. And if we're not obedient, our senses aren't trained. We, we might have some knowledge, but we don't discern the difference between what's right and wrong. And sometimes that just comes with time, obedience, and experience. And so he says, I pray you'll, you'll bound in real knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent. Isn't that awesome? That's what Paul wanted for the Philippians. That's what God wants for us. He wants, our, he wants us to make choices in life that are the excellent choices. Not just, he doesn't want us to make bad ones. He doesn't want us to get on the wrong path. And he doesn't even just want us to make good ones. He wants us to make excellent ones, to know what really matters, to know what really counts. He wants our lives to be significant. He wants us to be overcomers. And how do you do this? You walk in love. Brothers and sisters, this is what we must be known for. This is the answer the church has. We want to, we want to reach the young people? You got to love them. You want to see the young people come back to the church? You got to love them. You got to love them. You got to lay down your life. You got to reach out. You got to care for people. You want to see people not fall away? We need to love them. This is the, this is the dying need. I'm not against talking about structures and small groups and Sunday services and all, but oh my goodness, let's not lose sight of the importance of love. I'm reminded years ago in my own life and ministry, I, I, there was a young man who uh, I knew and, and a, a youth leader and he wanted to be more effective on his campus and he went away to a summer program and he came back, he dyed his hair and he gotten a tattoo and he gotten a, a ear piercing. And, I, and, and, you know, he was such a, this, this guy was like an engineering type fellow, you know what I mean? No, no slamming you engineers, but you know what I mean? He was very, he, he normally would have a pocket protector and, and that's how he would, uh, you know, shirt tail tucked in and, and collared shirt like I wear. And now he's got dyed hair, a tattoo, and, a, and an ear piercing. I said, what are you doing? Well, I'm trying to reach the youth, I'm trying to reach the young people. I want to be more fruitful. And somehow... I'm not against becoming all things to all men and trying to fit in with, with those you're trying to reach. But he never did. didn't really make a difference for him, to be honest. It didn't make a difference. About that same time, a few, few weeks later, I was on a campus, and there I was. You know, I, I usually dress somewhat conservatively when I'm out preaching on campus. I'm older than, than these students, and I, I don't try and look like I'm a teenager or something. And a guy came up to me afterwards, and he, he was a flaming homosexual. I mean, this guy... You know, long hair, streak different colors, all kinds of jewelry on, really loud, uh, male seductive clothing, flaming as much as you could. And afterwards, he wanted to talk to me. And he was so open. So his, his heart, he poured out his heart to me. And, and, he, and he wanted to hear what I had to say. And, and he just was so receptive to what I had to say. What was the difference he didn't do that because I, of what I was wearing. He did that because he sensed I loved him. He could tell in my preaching, I cared about people. I loved people. And he could sense it. And so he came up to me and poured out his heart. Folks, I'm not against fitting in culturally. I'm not against doing certain things so that you don't stand out and look weird. But the answer is, that's not the answer. The answer is we've got to love people. That's the answer for the church. That's the answer for our evangelism. 
Not the only answer, but it's certainly a big part of it. That's what we need to be doing. Let's not focus on other things and miss what's there in plain sight. Paul prays for the, Thess for the Thessalonians to say, May the Lord cause you to increase and abound in your love for one another and for all people, just as we do for you. That was his prayer. And then the verse we saw earlier, And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve the things that are excellent. Father in heaven, we come to you today and we thank you for the great love that you have for people. It astonishes us, Father. We know we don't deserve it. And we know sometimes people are so unlovable. And yet you love them. And Father, we confess, sometimes we're so unlovable. And we thank you that you love us anyway. We praise you. We worship you for the abounding love of God, the greatness of your love. Who could ever, it's, it's beyond description how you gave your son. You so loved that you gave. And even while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. This you demonstrate your love. How we pray for us, our lives, right here, those who are with us today. And we pray for the whole church in our country and around the world, that we as believers would be known that we love God and we love one another and we love others. Father, we are reminded we are in a great battle in our world, good versus evil, truth versus deception. And we want to fight this battle for goodness and truth and the gospel and we know, Lord, that our great weapon is not that we can be meaner than the other side or we can be more cunning than the other side or we can be more clever or have a better one-liner or, or that we can, we got more money than them. <clears throat> Some of these things we just don't have. But one thing we do have, we love, we have the love of God. And through this, we believe we can prevail and overcome and we can win people and we can win even the, the hardest heart. I pray, Father, in our decision-making that we would abound in love with real knowledge and all discernment. We want to make our lives count, Father. We don't have forever left. We'll have forever in, in heaven. But we sure don't have forever left here on earth. We want to make our days count. Might we be people who walk in the love of God with real knowledge and all discernment in all that we do. We pray for that for this day and every day, and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, God bless you. I love you guys. I'm so glad when I, before I start, and I see who's come on the live stream here, it always encourages me, and I'm, as best I can, I put a face to the name, and I love to, even if all you do is say good morning and amen at the end, I'm so glad that you join us. I hope you come back every day. If you're new, welcome. I hope you do subscribe, hit the notify button. We come here every day because we want our life to be based on the real knowledge of the Word of God. We don't want to, we don't want to be based on uh, a false knowledge or an inaccurate understanding, but the true knowledge of the Word of God. So I hope you tell your friends. I hope you join regularly. I hope you're here every day. I'll be back tomorrow morning, 8.30 a.m. here every day, or you can listen later on the podcast. 
the Apple, Spotify, or Google platforms, or you can watch the video later on. God bless you. Love you guys. Till we meet tomorrow, might the Lord fill you with his love in all that you do. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.